Welcome to The Solution, a real estate podcast where Jeff Seabuck and Phil Sexton come together at the glass table to talk about things that we're seeing in this wonderful changing industry that we have built yes, a team yes. in. This year is the year of impending change. And if I may quote Ernest Hemingway, um, you know, um, Ernest Hemingway said, you know, I think he was referring to the sunrise, that it appears slowly, then all at once, right? And that is what is going on in the real estate industry. But, you know, it's just hard to get people's attention when the sun isn't up in the sky, raying down our beautiful 300 days of sunshine here in the valley, right? When it's just peeking out, so we're going to talk about the things that are peaking out because we're expecting the all at once coming, but I don't hear everybody's too concerned about the hot market. I can't find my buyer a house. We're current, like, like we like, but the point of it is, is that. So today's I, nobody prepared us for low supply. What is the topic? And nobody's today? is how to protect, protect yourself against um, uh, my expectation, and I would say my meter of expectation is now in the high 90s, that the overall commission structure is going to change in real estate. Got it. So right? today's topic is how do you protect your commissions? How do you protect how what you get paid in this industry in the face of change? Right. So, you know, because when we um, put out a message that maybe demonstrates that there's possibly lower commissions, we get hate mail. That's true. Right. From consumers? Sell out. No, just from people just, no, from realtors. Oh. Realtors yes. thinking that we are the, that, that, that the CBOC team is the, is the straw that broke the camel's back. And, 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 and I'm here to let them know that the barn's been out. The horse has been out of the barn for a long time, and I'm gonna we're gonna talk about some examples of that, and then we're gonna conclude with this is how you can fix it. Because yeah. I think first you yeah. have to have a full appreciation of what is going on in the industry to um because it's I don't, almost like the senior players in the industry are the William Wallace's like telling every other agent to hold right favorite hold oh, I love this scene yes hold what was the movie braveheart braveheart yeah. yes right no they're definitely the old guard is holding and on. the consumer is like don't hold well all right so let's <laughs> talk about some of those things right so there was first more morally you know the law the first four lawsuits that came out about real commissions well now there was um a fifth lawsuit about commissions like first the GO, the GOJ came out and said that it's not right and the realtors responded with okay we'll make it transparent we'll we'll show, we'll show the buyer broker commission offering publicly right well, we won't keep that behind the closed doors anymore right we'll let everybody know up front that what the buyer broker commission is being offered right and now do we know when is that change going to happen it's supposed to be by the i think it's the end of april okay so we're getting it, close to that right when i'm like there's no way they're i mean like how do we not start seeing that now if it's going to make it like i don't know you would, you would think the amount of idx software that has to be updated to remain compliant that's a lot of software well phil you know they were should have had a transparent right from the start 
Fair. Right. Like to me, this is a, a little knock on our favorite association, but the, the, meaning that because NAR owns MLS and it's not transparent to the consumer that what commission is being paid and that with a new lawsuit from the DOJ, it says that the uh, realtor is no longer allowed to say their services are the big four letter F word that you and I both love more than anything in marketing. Free 99. Free 99. It is no longer. uh, A buyer's agent can't say that their services are free. Right. Because that was a script that a lot of buyers. It was a script that I used. I, this was, that was. You're not paying me buyer. That was the, I mean, 2005, 2004, I'm sitting open, open houses. I had no idea how to convert people to open houses. So I came out with a, a postcard. That said, my services are free and I'll credit you 2,500 of my commission just if you work with me because I had no business and I was trying and I was just swimming. And because, you know, I, I worked in a very competitive marketplace. So I was guilty. And now they're saying, because I know that I did it and maybe some of our audience did it, said that it was, they're no longer allowed to use those words. It will be, I guess, is against the code of ethics. I don't know if it's against the code of ethics, but the DOJ said you can't say it. And who wants to be against the Department of Justice of the United States of America, Phil? Not many people. Not many people. Not many realtors. Okay. All right. Step one, more transparency. But the reality of what is what is the slippery slope that we're on is now um, because the new lawsuits are appending from the originating lawsuit that, that came about. And so in California on... Last week or the week before, Compass and Reology. Two, right, Compass went public today, right? Like, Wait, is that a is that a joke? What? It's April Fool's Day. No, they actually went public today. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I wasn't sure. No. I wasn't sure. No, they, they went. <laughs> yeah. So Compass, who's not in, in in Arizona, but is in twenty major markets and a major real estate brand. I mean, they went public for I don't know, like eight or ten billion dollars so those that those that may not know the name 18 bucks a share or something like that yeah i could i I could go to inman you're good you don't even let's stay on all right all right all right but more importantly they were sued in california that buyers are being charged too much commission or i'm sorry sellers are being charged so the lawsuit says that the realtors are being overpaid basically the, the realtors are being overpaid? Yeah, they're guaranteed commissions. Yeah. The buyer commissions are- That's gu- not what the lawsuit, the lawsuit this, says. This. That, that, they're, that realtors are overpaid. Okay. I'm summing it up. Okay, all right. I can- uh, It's not, I guess I, I thought, I didn't read it. My apologies. I should have I should have come more prepared. But it's- No been, doubt. It's very <laughs> evident that of the lawsuits, that the regular theme of the lawsuits is more around the seller- um, assuming they are obligated to offer a certain percentage to the other side. No, no, no. The buyers are saying because you um, included, because I took a commission on, I took a mortgage based on paying your commission that was not disclosed to me, that now I roll it into my mortgage because I had my down payment, but I borrowed 90%, which now... You mortgaged that commission that I didn't have any choice in the negotiation of the commission that was being charged. 
It was pushed into my mortgage without me having to agree to anything because I paid more for the house because of the commission for the agent that didn't do the services that I would have wanted to pay. I think it was, the, the example was it. it was like a $900,000 house and then the commission was 27,000. And that agent, I might, if I, I'm paraphrasing, I think uh, had only sold one house and the agent didn't help them out with the search process and they didn't help out getting a mortgage. They didn't, they didn't show up at the inspection. And it the wasn't up to, and the buyer had no ability to negotiate the fee that was paid to his new agent. Or whatever it is, yeah. yeah. There's the different law. There's yeah. six different lawsuits now. So, or, you know, I mean, it's not yeah. like each of them says a little different thing, and I get confused. And I'm not trying to say anyone in particularly. But now that we're at six lawsuits, so then there's a think tank on the East Coast. That's do do you think that there's smart people in the think tank, or do you think that there's dumb people in the think tank? What What's the topic? <laughs> the topic is are realtors overpaid? Oh, the topic hmm. is you can go out to Rob Hahn, notorious oh, ROB. Oh, I know some of the people. Right. They're, they're smart people. Let's go smart people. Yes. Very, very, very. Wait, I don't know that smart or not smart is the proper. Okay. Sorry. How about informed? How about, um, uh, dude, what are the intentions? Okay. Sorry. What are the intentions it's, of it's the a, people? It's in a that professor from the management school at NYU's business school. Yes. Right. Like it's a summer. It's an attorney. Sound, that sounds like a smart. I mean, just someone that's informed, right? He actually has a course on real estate and, you know, ethics and other things, right? So there, these people, these professors and attorneys are weighing in on that realtors are making, they're fixing commissions. Like they're, you know, referring it to almost being like a monopoly or something like that, that they're getting it. And that it's that in other jobs, you don't get, like, you don't get guaranteed pay. When you don't complete and you don't do a good job. Right. But real estate, you do. You do. Right. Like there's, there's no like, cause. And that's what we see is going to change. Yes. Like regardless of which lawsuit is right around, are you looking for an eraser? Of course. I got one over there. Regardless of which lawsuit sticks or doesn't stick, the idea and the concept doesn't seem is valid. Well, unfortunately, it's very. It doesn't matter which. And every, every time we read a new lawsuit, actually, I mean, these are words out of your mouth is. Every new lawsuit that comes is worded a little bit better. Right. A, and a little, little bit better. Right. A and little bit better. And so thinking that this industry, you're in the 90 percentile that this commission structure is going to change from all of this pressure on NAR. I think just transparency alone is going to cause it to change because now buyers are going to start asking questions. Well, what if I'm not happy with that feed? Because the thing is, is right now buyers don't have to see the commission until the closing disclosure. Mm. It's out. Well, of, wait a minute, but that change that's gonna but that I'm just saying I'm just saying that when now they can see that amount up front when they're going out to see the house, that it's gonna give them the idea of wait a minute, because Phil Sexton, let me ask you, when somebody quotes you a number that you're unhappy with, let's just call it landscaping. You can call it anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> Phil and I are good friends. And <laughs> Phil, if he doesn't like a number, what do you do with the number, Phil? I try to adjust it. You try and negotiate it. I And he's picking on landscaping because I just had a landscaper quit because I questioned the $750 quote that he gave me to trim a couple of trees off of a wire. And I'm like, 750 bucks? And he's like, you know what? Take it or leave it. You know what? I'm done working for you. <laughs> okay. 
Right. But now we hired a new landscaper, just so you know. Right. Because the because one of the rental well, properties. Oh no, but and this is landscaping. Just in landscaping alone, before you hire someone to do your work, you have them what? Send you a quote. Yes. And buyer agents have not been sending people a quote ever. Is why we're having the podcast today. Nice. They have never had to. The quotes they've been sending were free. Right. And now that that goes away, we have to do a better job of establishing it, our value. Well, as it, buyers I'm agents. not saying it's going away. I just think free is going away. Free is going away. That's my yeah, point. Okay, I'm sorry. The word free. Yes. That was our quote we used to send to people for our buyer agent services. And that can't happen anymore. If you want to keep your license. Right. If you don't want to keep your license, you can just keep on talking about free, 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 free. Yes. Yeah. But I think uh, most I of think us thank you for all for coming. Rights. We appreciate you being here because you obviously care about your license and you want to fight for commission. And we are going to help you today. But I would like to hear from the audience if they think it's going to. I mean, because the, the, the point of this is you and I were at a mastermind. Okay. Right. And we were at a mastermind. With realtors that we have deep relationships with, deep relate and and successful realtors that have all experienced hyper growth in their in their business. <laughs> yes, and 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 we went there to learn how to leverage their marketing tactics to grow our own business. Yes, and we, therefore we are super excited to be in that opportunity. <laughs> we had somebody pitch us yesterday, and they used those big. They use the phrases deep relationships, hyper growth, and leverage. Like they were just the candy words. Yeah, go ahead. What, yeah. Nina said, okay, how can we protect our commissions? What is changing? I have been a buyer. Right. Nice. Awesome. What is changing? Yeah. So what is changing is, is that we are going to have to get used to, uh, let me finish the story and I'll tell you because the, uh, the opposing super successful broker said that he thought four years ago that buyer broker commissions will always be protected and i said and that the listing agent because my argument was is what because the, the, the thing was is a lot of uh, i'm in super competitive listing appointments and i'm in super competitive listing appointments people offer variable commission rates and that sometimes to be competitive you also have to offer a variable rate like one of our good friends russell shaw has always offered a variable rate commission because people want to know if it's easier for you, then maybe it should cost me less, right? Like to me, it's weird that, you know, we get paid the same amount, no matter what, how long it takes us, whether it's easy or hard. And that's where the commission lawsuits are after. So how do we protect it? Is commissions, I mean, let's be real. Commissions are totally negotiable from every different agent with every different, like, there's no set way to have a commission structured. Cause there's lots of different, like I just passed the sign that had a flat fee listings. Like I know that there's, perceived standards, but let's just okay. Make sure but today we're, we're focused on the buyer agent commission. So what it is, is that the way that to answer Nina's question, how you're going to, is you're going to, I mean, first of all, what is going to change was her first question. And one of the things that you will see changed soonest is the disclosure of the buyer broker commission fee to consumers. So when you pull up a property on cbock.com, and it says the the address and the subdivision and the bedrooms and the bathrooms and the elementary school and all of that data that comes from the MLS. Historically, it has not included the buyer broker commission. And that is what you're going to see change 
in the near term. Right. So when they go to Zillow, <clears throat> when they go to Trulia, when they go to Redfin and they see a listing, it's going to say, and I don't know if it's going to say BB like it does in our MLS. JB, what does it say in yours? Is it BB, buyer, broker, and then a number? Well, let's wait. Let's wait for JB to get his mic unmuted. I'm unmuted now. Thanks, guys. Um, uh, they show not as a dollar amount, but as a percentage, you know, two and a half percent or whatever. Cool. So for but does it say BB? Is that the words? Um, I don't recall exactly. I mean, it's 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 hidden among a bunch of data, uh, but it's That's it's there. I, 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 I think it's buyer broker um, commission, but I don't recall exactly. If I were to guess, it's going to be hidden amongst a bunch of data, just like the listing agent is hidden among a bunch of data, even though that's a required disclosure. Agreed. But the, but I still think the buyers are going to find it because the question yeah. is, as I thought, is are they going to spell out commission or are they going to say BB, which means buyer broker or whatever it is? But either way, I think that that disclosure will be the beginning of the change. But the other thing is, is you know, some people think that it's just because we have low supply that there's going to be lower commissions. I think that this change is going to happen, that the buyer is going to have to get signed the BBA, Phil. The BBA, the Buyer, buyer Broker Agreement. Agreement. So the exclusive employment exclusive. agreement for buyer agents and their right and their clients. So why we're making this call or action is because... You know, I've I've been in, let's go with 5,000 homes with a buyer. Like I, I made my hay as a buyer's agent. And I don't know that I've ever, I, I think I had one signed. Yeah. And I, it was in 2005 and someone, you know, maybe Marge told me at the, the, the agreement Broker that you should meeting. probably now get it signed, but not as vicious as it's coming today. Like this thing is coming down the pipe. So we got to, we broken out the, you know, the buyer broker and start practicing it at our team meetings because this is something that you need to, because if you haven't practiced it for a hundred years, meaning realtors, some realtors are use you, the BBA. Actually, let's ask, does anybody use the buyer broker agreement every time? Every time. Currently? Signed every time. JB, nice. Once in a while. Once in a while. All right, okay. Raul. Good to see you, man. How are you? Raul. Hey, how are you? Nina does. Nice. Raj, 50, what does that say? 90% of the time? Great. These okay, so how many houses do you sell? Like just roughly? Last year, 24. On the buy side? The buy side, uh, 16. So then you had, you signed 90% Raul? You're amazing. No, no. Oh. Very little. No, I don't sign oh. 90%. Okay. I, I don't use it very often. Okay. But the reality, I mean, because we're starting to see it now already with the, the new low supply, we're starting to see um, commissions, uh, that company that your dad works for, I saw that they had a low, a one of a two, 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 five. I've, I know we've seen commissions at 2%. We met with an agent that said they're offering commissions at a dollar, right? Like the reality is, is that I don't know. I, what I believe is that the change is going to come before we get out of this hot market yeah. because we're now, I mean, we're under 4,000 homes. It's interesting. The, I remember, I'll never forget the script. When I first heard an agent 
talk to us. It was one of the agents that used the Craig Proctor program, which was, if I can't sell your house, I'll buy it. Yeah. You know, that marketing. I do. Yeah. So the agent got to a position where she couldn't sell the house. So she was going to have to buy it. So they reduced the commission offered to the buyer's side to a dollar. And she was telling us how they were practicing scripts with her staff to be prepared for the angry agents that were going to call to say, what do you mean you're only offering it? Because she was going to lower the price. So she, she got to offer lower the price. Yeah. Right. The list lower price. The price. List yes. price. Because and she then, didn't want to buy it. Right. And then she wanted to lower the commission because she knew that legally she had to offer something in there. Yeah. Because that's what we're going to see is we're going to see to me. I, I think but here was her script. The point of that story is her script on the listing side for her staff. When people call, when agents call to say, what do you mean you're only offering a dollar? She was training. You're calling her, it realtor smoke. I mean, yeah, yeah. She was training her staff to respond and say, "Well, do you have a buyer broker agreement signed with your client?" And if the agent said no, then they were to gasp and say, oh, "What? You mean you're letting other agents decide how much you're worth?" Ba-da-ba. Pushing it back on the uh, pushing it back on the buyer's agents. And what we're seeing with some of these changes in lawsuits, what we see coming down the pipeline is that the buyer side is going to have to step up and protect, establish their own value. Right. Not let it be given by the listing agent that negotiated it with the seller before they even knew that that buyer was interested. in. Right. So to me, I think that the exercise that I want to recommend to the people today is the exercise we went through in 2013. And that was creating the what, Phil? In 2013, the buyer booklet? Nope. The buyer, the, the, what do we call it? Buyer agent checklist. Oh, why would I be advising people to come up with the buyer agent checklist? And we want to tell them what that is. The buyer agent checklist is the three and a half page document that is 12 point font line by line, a checklist that takes a buyer from meeting them for the first time through whatever lead source they come in, through the qualifying process, through the previewing process, through what your actions are, through the showing, what your actions are to get them under contract, all the way through the inspections to get them closed. And at the very end, everything that you could possibly do to help a buyer is on that sheet to help make sure that you do an excellent job every single time. Right. And was you that know, a good explanation? Of that it? was really good. Thanks. I was Thanks. better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> you know, Jeff, the secret to happiness is low expectation. <laughs> yes. So anyway, because I think it's a good exercise for each of us, because why the, the realtor commissions are under attack? How about uh, Tracy Williamson? Do you want to like mute your mic? You want, why do you think that buyer agent commissions are under attack? Well, in the hot market, sellers know they can get away with paying less. True. That is true. What else? Let's think of, I, I'm, I'm alluding to the activities. Who else wants to give it a shot? I'm talking about the activities that buyer agents do. Oh, Carlos, are you raising your hand or are you just waving now that you've moved to the car? Uh, I'm waving and I just tuned in because I was with a buyer. Uh, activities as a buyer's agent that we do, we do CMAs, we do uh, writing up the offers for, the, for, our, for our buyers, opening up their listings, uh, talking to them at 10 o'clock at night when they're scared because they're 
you know, their offer is not going to be accepted. Go to the inspections, open up for inspectors. What else? It's like he's reading us as buyer agent checklist. Hey, at least he's got a list. <laughs> yeah. Way yeah. to go, Carlos. Nicely done. Yeah, that's all right here. See, I'm driving. Okay. Oh, yeah, I got so, you. All right. But the, the challenge is, is there, like, when the commissions were determined is, I think, where the trouble is. At the listing appointment, you mean? No, 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 no. Meaning in the 1900s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that the buyer's agent used to identify the homes that were fit for the buyer. Oh. Right. I, I still, personally, I still do that. So what I do with my buyers, I tell them, I, they send me so many homes, and instead of me going around and running around like a chicken with my head cut off with them, I'll go look at four homes with them. Oh, you, he got muted. He's a uh, technical difficulty. If they send me a home, no, this one won't work. No, this one won't work. And then I go preview my homes, like, uh, like Jeff talks about all the time. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. See, so how many homes do you think you look at on average per buyer? Uh, now? Yes. When I started doing that process now? Five. Okay. Okay. Give you an example. So me as a buyer's agent in 2004 and 2005, I was seeing on average 50 to 75 houses per buyer. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yes. So to me, when I hear agents say that they're working hard, I'm like, you don't know like that. that but I mean, that's what because, well, I was not that smart. Right. Like when I was a new agent, when someone said I they would say I need a three bedroom. I need two bath, two and a half baths. I need a pool. I need to be in this neighborhood. I thought my job was actually to find the house for 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 them yeah right and yeah. then like because the they, they told me so that i would work to go out and identify the house before them right before them yeah and therefore i like as soon as the house was listed i would drive out and see it i mean first i would start by seeing every house that was within a three mile radius of where they looked and at that point there was probably what twenty five thousand homes for sale in the valley? i mean the number i remember is thirty three thousand, but it included the ucb so i think the number probably would be 26 to twenty eight thousand. okay which, is, which to put it in perspective is now currently seven times the number of homes that are for sale in our marketplace now. Yeah, but it has- So even if you take Carlos's five per buyer in this market, assuming that he's got low inventory now too, and you times that by seven, and when there's more inventory, he might actually be at the 35. I, no, no, no. The thing is, is it doesn't mean just because there's low inventory that you should be in less houses, they're still being listed, right? Like to me, the the the, the biggest thing for agents not that, that they're missing is, yes, there's 3,900 and 71 in Maricopa County, for instance, less than 4,000 active. But each month, there's still 9,000 listed, where in that marketplace, there was probably 11,000 listed. So the supply is actually only going down by a little bit. By a little bit. So, like right. So, if I was looking at 50 and you said, well, now I can only see 35, then I would be like, okay, because they're still coming on, but you, the problem is, is that you, we have as agents slept on this idea of let the buyer, because that was the rhetoric so at the mastermind agreement. That was it, is why would I tell buyers they should go on and find out whatever they want. And that passing of the service 
from us to the buyer is why they're all following these lawsuits is we're not working hard enough for our money. That's what they're saying. Let's take a quick commercial break because okay. I want to talk to you more about this. Are you an agent in the Phoenix metro area looking to join an elite team to help expand your business to the next level? Agents that apply our strategies grow their business by an average of 300% in their first year with the CBOC team. If you're interested in learning more about our leads, training, and marketing strategies, visit cboc.com careers today. That's S-I-B as in boy, B as in boy, A-C-H dot com slash careers. And now back to the solution. Thank you guys for hanging out with us through our commercial break. We appreciate that. I mean, we just left with you making a pretty bold statement that because the buyer is doing more of the search process, that's why there is downward pressure on buyer agent commission. I, I believe that. Okay. What uh, are that, other reasons? What do you guys believe? Do you believe that? And we're looking at a studio audience. If anybody's listening to our podcast, I just want you to be aware that you can go to realestateleopard.com and subscribe. If you type in your cell phone number, we'll shoot you a text message with a link to join our live studio audience. Currently, we've got about 15 people that are in one, two, three, four, 10, three, 13 people that are in our live studio audience with us. And so also this can be they can visit realestateleopard.com. We're putting out That's a lot of put- content on the blog as well. It says, why now? Like why we're looking for these changes is because we need to help. I mean, to me, we need to, to put it, be more consumer friendly and that our current system, unfortunately, is guaranteeing pay for agents that are new. Ideally, what do you want to see happen? What do I want to see happen is I think that I want to see an apprenticeship program for any new agent come into the system. I, I, to me, we, the agents are undertrained coming into, I mean, right now we got seven escrows and five of them are with people that are either part-time agents or brand new agents getting checks over 25 grand and we're doing both sides. Like they don't even realize that we have, what do you mean? We have seven escrows. I don't understand the number. We have seven listings. Oh, seven listings. And the buyer is that are in escrow. Right. And five of them are from a buyer's agent who's not on our team. Some that have never sold a house. Unless they haven't sold a house in five years. Right. And they're not informing the consumer well, or they are the consumer or a relative. And we're actually doing both sides of the transaction. And I have no problem doing that. I mean, why we created the team is to give a level of service no matter what it is. But the reality is, is, that shouldn't have, like, why are we, because we have to give away, on the listening side, we have to give away this commission, or we get hate mail, and that that's broken, And but the way that we can fix it is by creating, um, actually by raising the bar, by saying that those that will be left in the system will be those that sell lots of houses and are trained and are operating at a high level, because then, because what's happening is, is they're using that leverage of bad experiences to say that we they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater phil the baby out with the bathwater yes <laughs> well they're, they're they're because you have the ethics complaints against the, the, who's the baby what's the bathwater the bathwater is the 1.4 million agents in the in the u.s the bathwater is so we're throwing the 1.4 right million all, like out. nar all the realtors who's the baby? there's now more who's the baby there's more agents than there are houses listed so who's it's the baby? the baby is the elite agents 
Got it. The, so, the oh. agents that do a great job, the ones that are are the true professionals in the business that we we're okay with taking the GRI. We're okay. But we, you know, to me, the reality is, is the commissions could get less expensive and those that remain could actually make twice as much money because we're not paying people that are doing a bad job. Wow. Well, wow, that was a mouthful. We, we got there. Woo! Okay. Oh, I'm sweating. I'm sweating. <laughs> Is it out there? But what, about, but what about buyer's agents that follow the Jeff and Phil philosophy that actually work hard? Well, those are the smart ones. Well, the thing is, is you're going to survive, Carlos. I'm not worried. Like, you're going to come with us. Like, we're all going to get on the the, the yacht, the, the the ark together, right? We're going to load them on two by two. I like Carlos, you're going to be with us, my friend, right? Because you're going to deliver a level of service above what is delivered in, in the industry today. Like, they said they were going to raise the bar and said they're filling the bar. And I want to help. I want the people that are going to come along. I have no problems with with helping agents raise their level of service. That's why we do the podcast. That's why we talk about things because I'm just tired of us misleading consumers, but it's be, you know, the system's just got to change. Yes. Us misleading consumers. Not you and I, not Carlos, not Nina, not, not JB. Our, not our listeners out there. Not our listeners. No, because they're, they're listening because they want to get better. You know, what's interesting is when a eight, when a newer agent that works with a buyer gets a big check, what is that buyer more likely to do? Give half of it to their, their customer. That buyer is more likely to go get their license because of how easy it True. looked True. to Thank get you. a 25 or whatever that number is. That big old number, like that person never sold a house before. They just walked me in and wrote a contract and they got $30,000. And, no, I, I, and they had to sit in a classroom for 90 hours and then just join a brokerage that costs $25 a month. And that's all it took to get 25 grand. Hold on. I can do that. Well, here's the thing: is is the existing system. But when the buyers are when the buyers agents are great, when the buyer agents actually help navigate the contract in ways that are able to use leverage and position the buyer in order, like the, where the buyer can see the greatness of their agent and the skill set that their agent has, would you say that that person is more or less likely to go get their real estate license? They're not. No, because it's it's going to be more expensive and because it, it looks harder. Here's the thing: is, is well, not only that is because. They can, because then brokers could actually put out a promise. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, a promise. A promise Tell me more. of the level of service that my agent's going to deliver for you. Oh. They, I don't, do you see any broker out there with a promise to people that we're going to find the house for you, that we're going to get you top dollar? Is that the things that brokers are saying on their websites? Top dollar, I see. We're no, no, but there, but no, no, not that. just top dollar, but here's how and why we do it, right? But to me, it's it's raising the voice of the elite agents and teams as well, because we are the ones that are going to articulate because brokers are still going to be recruiting agents and worry about risk. But we are going to be the ones and we're going to start to create these promises because we can deliver and then we can get paid a reasonable amount if we don't, because the thing is, is, if we take away the guaranteed amount to people that are um, collecting a check and not delivering on the service and there's an amount left, well, you know what? We could live off that amount left and be fine and it, we wouldn't be considered overcharging our consumers like the lawsuits say. Woo! <laughs> 
<laughs> Comments. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Raj says, so if we can get to the meat of the matter, how do we protect our commission with all these DOJ and NRA new mandates? BBA. BBA is the short answer. Buyer broker agreement. So the way that you do is the first level we are telling you is draw up a buyer agent checklist because what happens when you're going to get the buyer broker agreement signed, you have to articulate what services you're going to provide. So sorry, I did not make it explicitly clear, Raj. The reason I want you to put that what you deliver to the agent and why I was talking about the promise yeah. is that is actually how you're going to defend your pay. And so then we also in Arizona, there's a form called the ready form. I mean, that's just which is great because you get to walk them through the fiduciary. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Tell them about it. That's the agency conversation, right? The loyalty that you have to that person, how you get paid, like what your what your job in a sense is is being their exclusive representation. So Raj, so, go ahead. So still so saying get the ready. The I don't agency. know what Raj, what state are you in? Or JB, what is who's in a different state other than Arizona? What is the agency form called in your state that explains that? I don't know. Our brokers require us to have an agency form signed. It's called the ready form here. Here it's the. Uh, uh, information about brokerage services form. And there's no business. What's the acronym for that? AIBS. The AIBS? In Texas. Yeah. Okay. Texas. JB, what's it in Washington? Hold on. He might have lost his microphone. That's what that hand signal says. He's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's typing in the chat. Raj, are you in Arizona? Yes, I am. Okay, okay, so then it. it's the ready form. So what we're suggesting is get the ready form and create a buyer agent checklist, get your ready form and how you can explain the ready form and get your buyer broker agreement and prepare. No, no, practice. Practice. Right, okay. like start pitching it to. <laughs> you're right, don't prepare. Just practice with what you're going to say, with how you defend why you are great. Well, let me ask you, for the, a lot of agents, when we tell them to do stuff, do they just prepare or do they practice? Either. You know, <laughs> our, our sarcastic studio manager, Adam said neither. Right, exactly. <laughs> but no, but the point is, is first prepare it, then practice it. Meaning mm -hmm. that every buyer to me, the way that you can defend yourself, Raj, is by doing, getting your ready form and your BBA signed every single time. And because you're going to fail at it. You're going to struggle with it. You're not going to get, you're going to be weak. You're going to, I mean, to me, the question is, is will you be able to get a hundred percent of buyers to sign an agreement for 3% if you have to fight for it every time? Okay. And the only way that you're going to get there is if you start practicing it now. But you know, Jeff and Raj, I appreciate you turning your video on. I like that you and Raul use the same virtual background. That's awesome. But before, <laughs> but with that's that, a real bookcase. I know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I have a question. Um, yeah. When you prepare that BBA, and which I do, and I also say, okay, if the seller does not pay, buyer will pay X amount um, as a commission. But um, in reference to the buyer checklist that you prepared in 2013. Is that something that needs to be attached to the BBA? No, no, no. It's nope. just for you to be able to make sure because the important thing when questioned at during the presentation of the buyer broker agreement is you have to, it's best to name out your different titles of the different services to 
make sure you're supporting your wanting of a large commission check. We right, like have, on the list, so we have like something in, here in the, on the CBOC team and in the uh, coaching programs that we run called Selling with Pictures. And when we we want, we're trying to help you create the materials which give you a visual element to add to your conversation with your buyers, rather than just saying to your buyers, I do a lot of work for you. I'm going to be loyal to you rather than I'm going to preview. I'm going to yes. like, to me, like you to, have to, we're, we're talking about the buyer agent checklist to help you develop a visual element when you're explaining what you do. Well, I, what I'm, what I'm alluding to here is when I go to a listing presentation and Linda has and, her hand and, up. Great. Right. So when I do a listing presentation, because I'm trying to get a commission number signed, I have to go through the process I have to go through the marketing. I have to go. I have to review their house. I have to then review the comps with them in a listing presentation that takes anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour and a half. Yeah. And the, I don't think that people are prepared enough. And this is what we're trying to help you with: is creating a visual representation. Meaning, so you may have your CMA, you know, your buyer marketing agreement or whatever that goes out. But to me, you're going to have, we're going to be presenting on laptops about what you do. So it's going to be Raj, you waving in front of a house that you're not with a buyer, right? Like to me, you're going to pull up like the 12 houses and you're going to create a little stick guy. That's going to be like, I went to see this one and I went to see this one and I went to no, but I'm, I'm not kidding. You're going to have to create visual printouts or a PowerPoint presentation that you're going to take with you and you're going to have to present to them. And then it's the, you know, then you're going to have to pull up, well, I negotiated 300 contracts and you're going to have pictures of your clients that I've already done this. And because that gives me the expertise when I'm negotiating, like to me, we're like, we have not even gotten to this yet. And why we want to, because we're trying to help them get prepared, Phil. Yeah. You're going to be in a fight that you not have, you have not experienced before. All right. Let's because, go to Linda. Let's go to Linda. Okay, not, we, already, sorry. we already, we already told them why. Linda. I'm going to wait to see your mic get unmuted, but I saw you. That's what Zillow and putting your sales in Zillow is for. That is one reason. Yes. But Linda, you have your hand raised. I don't know. Maybe that was just an accidental click or you, maybe you do have a question and you're searching for the mute button. Either way, if we'd I love see, to hear from you. Yes. If okay. I see, oh, there you there go. We're, hi. Hi. Hey, so I'm a, I, I'm a real estate agent in Nevada, not Arizona. You were talking Great. about this ready agreement that you guys have in Arizona. Is that something that you guys make up or because we, no, I it's a state kinda, form. It, it's called think, okay. the real estate election and disclosure agency disclosure. Yeah. Okay. I don't so I'm not Great. really like, um, like, you know, the equivalent in Nevada, like I'm not really, it's not your, you know, your, it's, I guess you, it's my duty to find out what that is. I don't know. I get the Linda, BPA. Do you have agency do you, do you, in the state? Form? Do you have agency in the state of Nevada? Yes. I mean, what I mean is you're not a sub agent or you I mean you actually represent the client. So what is the form that your broker says on everyone? Because in our discussion of this, the BBA is an optional form not required by the buyer currently or by the broker. But the form that we have to sign for every buyer is called agency election. Okay. I don't, I don't believe that that's, and, and unfortunately I'm going to have to look that up because I've never heard them talk about that okay. ever. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, just ask your broker to say, what is this? And you probably, you probably get it. It's probably part of another form that you have signed or, or sometimes the agency election in our case, which is on page nine, you know, it, it states yeah. it right on the, con the actual purchase contract in some states. So she may not have to get it signed. It's just okay. what it is, is it's a form that you may want to create for yourself because okay. it what it is, is our form talks about the fiduciary duty that we have in being honestly, honesty, but also loyalty to that client that you're not going to sell them down the river, whatever it is. And, but it also it states whether you're going to show what it is, is it addresses dual agency in our state. So it says, oh, okay, okay, well, I can show properties that are with my, my, my own brokerage or not. And how that, cause that changes your agency because then you're in dual agency. Does, was that helpful? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally helpful. Uh, especially like we just, I just had a dual agency, not with me, but with somebody in my own neighborhood where they did a dual agency. I was kind of surprised. I've always looked at that as being risky, but I don't know. Maybe it's not as risky as I think. I get well, a we think we're going to see it a lot more. Dual agency is actually misinterpreted by a lot of people of whether it's risky or not, because in, in, I mean, Maricopa County in Arizona, where we work, there's some brokerages that have 5,000 agents at them. And technically when any, if one of those agents at that company lists a house and then another agent that they've never met, that they have never talked to, that they don't know, but they're at the same brokerage technically represents the buyer of that house, buys it. Technically that's dual agency because both those agents are at the brokerage. But I, I think what we're talking about, when you say that dual agency is frowned upon, I think what you're really saying is, when one person represents both the buyer and the seller. Right. Right. But I mean, I think that we're, I mean, especially in the low in inventory environment, we, we, we may see the, you know, more variable commission and that kind of thing. But I, what I want to talk about is that we do not prefer one agent to represent the buyer and the seller. Right. We do not. That is not something that we recommend. It, it happens. I'm it's sure. actually illegal in some states. Right. We recommend that because I believe as long as you have one person that's solely representing both sides, even like sometimes under the CBOC team, the TC represents one side who's an agent that has negotiated more than 300 deals. And she represents the, the person, even though we're, we're double siding the deal. So to me, what, what will happen more and more is we have teams is there's still two agents and that agent's going to fight for their client. And that kind of dual agency to me is fine because it's not like, you know, cause you meet with them as long as you're not meeting together with both clients, like that, you know, then it's yeah. Yeah. questionable, but I believe that everybody should have one person that's fighting for them. And as long as that happens, dual agency won't get in trouble. I mean, the thing about dual agency is it is next to, leases and man property management dual agency is that's why brokers you said risky that's why brokers because that's the most amount of lawsuits but it typically happens when one per person represents both sides because i don't think that that i mean i heard a great agent one time in arizona say on stage that you just have to be honest but then it's you're not representing fully one person or the other even though you're being honest and you know you can't actually be honest yeah, it's kind of like saying, okay. well, I no, multitask. Yeah. No, you, you don't, you don't, you can't concentrate on two things at once. You go from one to the other, one to the other. One to, and yes, Raul. Okay. So scenario, and I, I haven't you, been. Linda. Thank in, you, Linda. In, we appreciate you chiming in. 
I haven't been in, in dual agency very, very often, just a few. But in this environment right now, that everybody's asking you to, to weigh this and weigh that. And it, it, that's where I see conflicts. What if, if, if an appraisal comes, uh, you offer X amount of dollars and it comes below, you're, and you're sitting on both sides as the same, you know, you, you're, you're the single agent on both sides. I think that is really, really hard. Who, I mean, what do you do in that kind of a, a scenario? That's the scenario that that I think is really hard because even I, if you're, if Ro, you're, I agree. I I've never represented. I don't. I, I'm sure I did one right out of the 2,500. I'm sure I have one out there, but I, that is not because there's lots of situations, not just appraisals. There's no offer I know. price. I, I I know, but that's the first one that comes to my mind. I mean, I mean, even at least when there's two of us, I mean, even though we are the same company and we do, do representation, at least it's two different people working, uh, you know, but when you're sitting in the, you have what to do, you do? The answer is you have to navigate that very carefully, right? You've got to talk about, you, you can present comps to both sides. You can present where that you see the market going to both sides, but it's ultimately up to the client on what they're going to do. So it's not, don't, you don't, you, you have to just be comfortable with the information that you're sharing can't be information that is going to different damn one be side different. or the other. And it's hard because it's a very slippery it slope of sharing. It's, I mean, to me, we can look at the attorneys where they say it's a conflict of interest. I'm already working with like, to me, um, I, I you know, with Leopard, we are definitely recommending to just because. Well, right. how bad do you, I mean, to your well, buyers? Well, because, well, here's what it is, is it, according to the National Association of Realtors ethics, right? Like you can't put your, your interest ahead of your clients. And the problem is, is that you're looking for two commissions. Well, that's not necessarily the case. But well, you could you maybe you yes you're trying to make a second commission you well because I don't if, know that if, if you're not making more money then why would you do it <laughs> to help right. the client save money if you have variable commission they still need representation that's the way I'm at I'm just yeah, there. I no. agree all right thank you all yeah. Nina your email said you would talk about what's changing the commission. The buyer agent commission that is guaranteed through MLS. So th there's a few things, Nina. What's changing is what we had already discussed when you said what's changing. And we said that the buyer agent commission is now going to be disclosed from the other side, is now going to be disclosed publicly. That is changing. The other thing that we foresee changing is because of all the pressure from the lawsuits on NAR about the commission structure, what we see changing is the way that is what, what, I don't know, I'm using air quotes, the norm. Okay, right? no, yeah, but I know, I think that it could go away. What? BB offered is what I'm saying. Oh. Yeah, no, I think that we are going to, I'm I would, I, I'm going to make a prediction. Sellers incentivizing the buyer's agents to show their house, you think is going to go away? I do, I do, I do, I do. Ah, market to market. Well, no, I mean, to me, I think actually, here's what it is, is I think, I mean, I think it, it's going to be one percent is the number. Or I don't half. know that there is ever a number. There's no number. 
I think there is going to be. I think there's going to be a. That's I like, think that, that sounds like price I fixing. I, no, not price fixing. I think that sellers are going to be it. They're going to take away the norm of having to guarantee this amount, and therefore, agent listing agents are going to have to stop telling people that they have to offer that amount. Is what I think is going to be. I think there's going to be lawsuits about it. I just think there's going to be. And then you have to explain to the seller that they can offer whatever they want because that's not what's going on right now. Is that the agents are saying you have to put in a big number every time or you won't get your property shown. And, that, and that's what's changing. That's what's going to, right. And that's that is what's going to, because because yeah. uh, Jack Ryan recorded agents in Houston. Jack Ryan is a guy with Rex and they were outside the house. A non-MLS brokerage. A non-MLS brokerage. Non-realtors. And the, and the realtors for HAR said, well, I'm not going to show the house. It's less than offered that commission. That lawsuit has got some legs, right? Like you got somebody on record saying they will not show that. And I think that as it comes out in the yeah. lawsuits, that what else is going to be the result? So to me, it's to me, the only way to, to fix it is to not offer it. Like what, what, like, do we get offered? Let the buyer side fight for Let me ask you a question. What is my, what is my commission that's offered when I go to list a house? Whatever you can talk to the seller about. Right. So, so, so you guys guys establish a value. Because that's what what Rex is is saying. They're saying like, so so then let the buyer negotiate their own commission with their agent. And I think if, let's say that this market turns, let's say that the inventory floods, the interest rates rise, and now we've got forty thousand homes on the market. I think that still as much, still as big of a problem as it is today. Yes, still as many lawsuits. Yes, even let's say that the it's going to be changed. The marketplace well, dries up. You think? Don't you feel like because there's so much money in the marketplace is why these lawsuits? Well, are here's what's going to happen: is is it's going to be revealed that through the lawsuits and the recordings of lawsuits when they go there. They're going to bring in agents and they're going to say, well, what did you do for that commission? And the public embarrassment that's going to come out with this, with their articulation of what they deserve to get the bigger commission is going to be one that it's going to either drop the reputation so low with the realtors that the, the public's going to, this is what, that's what I think is coming. I, to me, they're fed up. Like why? Like I, I thought one lawsuit was a lot. I thought two lawsuits. Now we got six, and we're not even in. We're not even a full year yet, right? right? Like, so, like, so, like. So I'm gonna wrap this up right. because this turned into one of our longer episodes. Sorry, yes. thank you. Right. You're apologizing to me. I enjoy these. You're, are you apologizing to the audience? I'm apologizing to yeah, the audience, yeah, yeah. right? Like obviously, I'm deep rooted in this, but because I think I, what like the takeaway is practice. If you represent buyers then you should be practicing your explanation of your value. Yes. You should if you represent that, buyers, yes. get better at it, become one of the best buyer agents in your marketplace and be able to articulate that value so that you can defend your side of the commission. Right. I, I think we're going to start to see where you would, you know, the reveal of the, like, you know, some of the agents, they say, this is what I'm going to do to market your house it's going to be buyer agents saying, this is what I'll do to represent you. Right. Like, yeah, yep. because oh, the listing presentation is going to be very, well, why, you're going to why, have a buyer. Well, well, let me ask you, why too. is it, why, why isn't that, it should be 
normal, right? Like, why is it that the listing agent negotiates the buyer's You know pay? what, Jeff? I actually love that question. And I am going to take it on. I want to find that out. When did this start? Stay tuned, guys. We appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoy the conversation, give us the five stars when you listen to the podcast. Share it with a friend. If right? you want to join the live studio audience so that you can participate in our back and forth, go to realestateleopard.com and type your phone number in and we'll just text you an update when we go live on Thursdays. Happy Thursday. One o'clock AZ time. Adios. Thank you.